0: Hello, web schmoes. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show on the internet. I'm John Campia, and joining me today is Christian Harloff.
1: My wife's fucking cheating.
0: How's that going, man? How's your daughter?
1: I
2: miss her. She's
1: not my daughter. That's the problem. Wait, wait,
2: what? What do you mean by that?
1: Fucking Mark Ellis' daughter.
2: Oh!
0: Are you saying that... Are you saying that Mark Ellis, your best friend in the world, who you've done movie reviews with since two thousand and
2: eight?
0: He's fucking
1: your wife, dude. Yeah, boys, you heard it here. One schmo to another.
2: Oh! Hey, man, we're not and schmoes. The final guest of the evening is a uh, Travis Scott.
1: Yeah, me.
2: You just introduced yourself.
0: I was gonna introduce you, Travis, but how you how are you doing, Travis?
2: I'm good, dude. I got that Quavo collab coming soon. Yeah. Um I got Astroworld World dropping soon. I'm I, I just got a thugger threw me on a a feature at his new EP, his mixtape. Things are going pretty well, my nigga.
1: You know, um, well things won't go well in the fucking smowdown for you, alright? Well, ja- I
2: don't know about movies, I know about street shit, you know?
1: You ever What's heard on? you ever heard of that uh Travis? Um
0: Yes? You ever met that chick? Uh you ever met that chick Izzy Beatty?
2: Uh, is that that fucking slight uh, Annette's wife, oh, daughter or some shit? Yeah. Cousin? I think so. Why? I think Would, I've seen that vicious cunt.
0: Oh, damn. How is
2: that? Disgusting.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, man. All right. Uh, so, the, yeah, Film Fatigue, episode six. We got Christian Harloff. We got Travis Scott, John Campia. We're all Kevin, here. Scott. This is the okay. original game. Campia, Travis Scott, and Christian Harloff. So, it doesn't uh, get
2: much better than this.
0: Really?
1: Ellis is fucking my wife. That's honestly so sad
0: to hear man because like I really thought you guys had a special friendship
2: connection. Yeah, I didn't think it would be broken by some petty shit like that. Well, to Warner brothers, you can't doubt anything that happens in Smoville, okay? Okay. What happens in Smoville as you say?
1: Stay. So what ha- what ha- what happens in Smoville, guys? Ultimately, you you know your your wife becomes your ex-wife, you know, that's what happens in Smoville. Are you guys thinking of getting divorced? it doesn't really stay in Schmowville. it goes outside of the smoville bar- barriers the, to the
0: to the court system
1: yeah but i'll lose my dot daughter so it's going to be great do you
0: still do you still think of her do you still have a relationship with her as if she's your daughter
1: that <laughs>
0: huh fuck no. You don't even like her at all.
1: Fuck my, fuck my not daughter.
0: You just see her you look at her and you're like, This is just I just see
2: Mark Ellis all the time. Like I can't do this. I just keep fucking wild with him.
0: That's sad to hear, man. Well, you know what you know what would cheer you up though? There's some uh I know as Christian Harloff you, you like you like movies and this is a movie podcast, so we got we got movies to talk about if that would make you feel better.
1: It's not because the movies this week are not that good, fellas, alright? Schmoville. They're fantastic. You're right.
0: Yep. What's our first one? We got we got one that only one, only Travis Scott, who doesn't usually see movies, but Travis...
2: Travis. Scott. I got a song on the on the soundtrack, so I got to rep it, you know? Do you really? <laughs> uh, I don't, but I do have a song on the uh, Fate of the Furious soundtrack if just, you're interested in listening to that. Just
0: imagine Cars 3 with like a with Travis, Travis Scott. Scott, the the Travis Scott. Just,
1: just get your skr skr reference out of the way, all right?
2: <laughs> Did you know I was building up to that? Yes. Skirt, skirt. Ha! That's Kodak. Sorry.
0: Cars 3. what do you Gin? think? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, you know, I... A little bit of background. I'm not a big fan of the Cars series. I actually don't like a 1. I like 2. What? Quite a bit. Okay. Um, no, I give 2. Like a 2 out of 5. Okay. Um, I think it's a fun movie. Um, I got a lot of Beyonce songs on my phone. Uh, I... Right. I am a fan of certain aspects of the second one. No aspects of the first one. Um, you don't like Radiator
0: I, Springs, bro? They have an entire land at Disneyland devoted to it. You can kill yourself.
1: Have you been I, to Radiator I don't Springs? don't like that Rascal Flats. Life is a
2: highway. A highway. I'm going to ride it ride all, night. all night long. Yeah, Car Street. The most stunning sequel that I've, I think I've ever seen. Um, Damn. Really? Well, in terms of not giving a fuck, yeah. I think that it's kind of miraculous that Mater is in about five minutes of it. Um, huh. And don't the... say Don't say
0: awe to that. He's the worst thing about these
2: movies.
1: Yeah, bro. Aw, less Larry? Fuck. No, it's his one alright part in his
2: shitty career. No. I think it's all right because you don't see his fat, greasy fucking face.
1: Would you rather watch Cars 2 or Larry Inspector the health – Larry,
2: the cable guy health inspector? I'd rather watch Larry the cable guy get castrated. Um, I think it's (laughs) like, Just (laughs) like apparently I wasn't an option in my
1: wife's thoughts.
0: Yeah, Yeah. for real, dude. That's so sad. You should go see Cars with your daughter who's not your Yeah, Yeah, you should take her to see Cars
1: 3, bro. Horrible idea.
0: You're always talking about taking your daughter to all these shitty kids' movies. Why wouldn't you take her to that? No. Okay. Travis, continue.
2: It's not a good movie, but it's it's a fine movie. I give it a three. I'm going to skip to the rating right now. I think that there are fun aspects about it, especially, um, there's a fun, like, playful little relationship between Lightning and this yellow bitch car, um, (laughs) She's like her trainer. He's she's like his trainer or some shit. It's stupid, it doesn't matter. It's an uneventful movie. Army Hammers in like six minutes is the villain. It's fucking stupid. Um There's decent like I said, decent animation. Some good racing scenes. The scene where Lightning gets a shit fucked is pretty fucking cool. Um he his spoiler like fucking breaks off, dude. It looks fucking horrible. Then like it skips ahead four months later. And he's like all gray like he's going through chemo or some bullshit. <laughs> he's just sitting in some shack rewatching videos of fucking, what's his name? Um, Jackson? No, Paul Newman. That was his name. Uh, yeah, he was watching videos of Paul Newman, Doc Lightning Hudson or some shit. Yeah, Doc Hudson. I think that's what it was.
1: That's so weird that they got Paul Newman to, to be in that movie.
2: I I think it's it's funny that it was the movie that killed him, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same year, pretty much. yeah,
2: literally. Uh, I it's it's a fine movie. I, I honestly do not have much to say about it, which is pretty sad for a Pixar movie. I have a couple questions about it for you.
0: Go ahead. Are they are they trying to pull some uh, like Pirates Five shit with this? Where no, like
2: trying it's to not a, you? not a reboot. Not a reboot. Okay, that's good. Uh, and they're not not—they're not trying... There are jokes about the, the first movie, but it's like... I'm guessing they completely ignore the second movie. No, this is the last... Yeah, they do. Completely. Um, they... they I mean, like, Lightning is still in Radiator Springs in this one. He was also in Radiator Springs for, like, six minutes in the last one.
0: What, um, where even were they in the second? Weren't they, like, in, like... London. Britain?
2: London. They were in London, yeah. Yeah. They go to uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas in this one, and it's like, well, why What's are it? you...
1: Michael in the other one? Who? Michael Kane
2: Yeah, he was the uh, Finn McMissile.
1: Yeah, I liked him. Oh.
2: He was funny. He was funny.
0: Finn McMissile? Yep. That's horrible. Did yeah, I t- Again, what? I have just about the cars. I've talked about this in the past couple days. I'm pissed at the CARS universe for not making any sense. Like either it's either the most fascist society that these cars live in or like the most communist society, because apparently whatever car you're like born as
2: you stuck as
0: you just stuck. Like you could be born as lightning McQueen or you could be born as a fucking tow truck. You can't do shit. And it's like, you're fucked either in, in one of those situations. And if it is a thing that you have to work at because they, they try to make it seem like that in the movies, it's like he has to work to improve as a race car but it's like how like what are you improving like when you're racing it's not like you're it's not the equivalent of
2: running for people well the whole message of cars 3 was like okay lightning you see you're old and we're going to remind you of that through the whole movie but the gimmick is that we are all training about racing on computers and virtual reality things oh no yeah, so Lightning McQueen is actually the one who's like, let's go race outside. And then the yellow Porsche, who's like his coach, is like, you know what, old timer? Let's just take it real slow. And of course, when they're racing on the beach, he's way faster. I like he's how you like, gave
0: well, the coach an American accent and you gave you just like a regular accent, and then you gave Lightning McQueen a Southern accent, even though it's Owen
2: Wilson. Well, partner is Owen Wilson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to say it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm Owen Ooh, Wilson. Wow. And what? I would not, I would not drink the wine because it's old. So my summary for this review, Owen Wilson's good. Army Hammer's not good. Uh, the bitch from The View, whatever. Not good. What bitch from The View? The chick who voices the yellow Porsche is like the the tiny Mexican girl who screams a lot on The View. Um, it's dumb. It's like, why couldn't like, you oh get oh my her?
0: God. Throughout this movie? No,
2: she, she doesn't have a Mexican accent. She's got a white girl accent, but, um.
0: She's like, oh, my God.
2: She's like, oh, my goodness, Lightning. Look, old timer. We're going to get you set up, and we're going to get you ripped, roaring, ready to race Jackson Storm again, who is the villain's name again, the most autistic name you could think of. <laughs> my name's Jackson Storm. I got a lightning bolt on the side of my car, and I'm whipping ready to go.
0: Dude, I got to say, this sounds like a great time at the movies.
2: It was fun. I, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have a good drunk time, but – um. I also saw. Wait, is this a bit of of depression?
0: Is this as as Travis Scott? Like, how many movies do you see per year? Oh
2: fuck, man! Like five, maybe. This is one of the five. That's pretty cool. This is actually the third of the five. What was? What were the first two? Uh, Lego Batman and Get Out.
0: See that? I can kind of. That kind of makes sense a little bit. I can like track that.
2: Well, did Barbershop Three come out this year or last year? Last year. Ah, fuck. All right. Well, I guess it's the second I've seen.
0: Damn. Now you're now you have a southern accent. This is going really all over the place, Travis. I don't. Well, you really know, I mean am.
2: It. I am. I was. I was. I, I did live in Texas for a few years in Houston. So it just kind of comes and goes. Your accent. It comes and goes. I got an uh, East Atlanta accent, say a little bit. You know, like, nigga, shit, fuck it up, Travis, yo.
0: you're, you're a fucking wreck, dude. I don't know what's going on with your
2: voice. I'm not even drinking that much, mighty. There's cool. not even much going on, not much other than Codeine and Alita. My final rating for Cause 3 is a Cause 3 out of 5. <laughs> that was good. I dropped the mic, and I'm gone. We are moving the fuck on to another bad movie. Even mm-hmm. though Cars 3 is good and it's the best movie of the weekend, we are going to save the movie that all three of us saw for the end. Right now, my buddy Christian and I are going to talk about a little-known film, a little-known biopic, directed by Benny Boom, the acclaimed director of the Same hose music video by Rick Ross.
1: And Day Air, starring Donald Faison and Mos Zapp.
2: All eyes, Z, spelled E-Y-E-Z, on me. Jump yeah. into it. Let's dribble this ball. Let's go half court, and let's fucking shoot that shit in.
1: You know, I know that movie Notorious that came out in 2009 about Notorious B.I.G. Uh, it had a lot of hate, but it makes you want to watch that movie again this film. Because this movie so lackluster, it's like it's like all the the, the Tupac uh, the Tupac documentaries rather that I've seen, and it's given me all these different scenarios that I've heard about, and it's like yeah, but it's not well directed or really well written or really well acted by a lot of a lot of these people, despite a couple good performances, specifically Tupac.
2: But other than that, my wife cheated on me, and this movie was lame. It's about lackluster in every way, yeah. um, from the acting to the direction which is painfully sterile to the point where it shouldn't it shouldn't be passable um to the fucking soundtrack which was goddamn lacking for somebody who had a catalog as big as Tupac Shakur who I don't even think is that good of a rapper but that's not what this review is for thank
0: you let's ah
2: yes yeah, he, he doesn't deserve to have all this goddamn acclaim. All these people that came out of this shitty fucking biopic were like, he deserves so much better. No, I think this is actually one of the few biopics that was shitty, but not nearly as shitty as the person it's based on. <laughs>
0: Damn, you are gonna you go even further with this Tupac thing than me. My own I don't
2: thing fucking would... care. Tupac is a rapist, and something I want to talk to you about, Dustin. Um, Sorry, everybody who saw this movie and for whatever stupid-ass reason liked it. Uh, they villainize a rape victim. In 110%, uh, to the point where Tubak was found guilty of inappropriate touching and sexual assault. He was arrested, incarcerated for over a year. It doesn't matter because he made dope beats, bro. It doesn't fucking matter. Let's turn the rapist into a villain. Or the rape
1: victim. But when they presented her in the movie, and then what happened, like, then yeah, of course they're going to present her as a villain in the film.
2: Yeah, but I mean, okay, dude. Even in fucking uh, Straight Outta Compton, they didn't put D Barnes in it. They wouldn't have had D Barnes in there to make her look like a villain.
1: No, but the fact that they actually acknowledged that he was in jail for that is is more of a step than Straight Outta Compton did. Yeah, Even because
2: they had to because he was literally in jail. Straight. Did they make Com- it?
0: Did they make it seem like he didn't do it?
2: Yeah. W- okay. Literally, what happened? Okay. Tupac's testimony was that he a girl was giving him a massage, a massage. Then he fell asleep. Five minutes later, she ran into the room, crying, screaming, how could you do this to me? You raped me. And then ran out of the house, and then he got fucking arrested and went on trial. Uh, I'll send you later on the the actual, you know, statement for the victim, which was that he and all of his homies ran a train on her. Uh... uh and then it cuts to them in court. It cuts to Tupac being like, yo, I didn't do this. Literally, a, I texted you this, Brandon. A line in the movie is literally, I wasn't raised to be raping no women. <laughs> Dustin, do you remember that? Yeah
1: okay. yeah.
2: okay. Okay. Adam, let me just say
1: this. Straight to Compton, to me, felt like Aaron Sorkin wrote a, a Did lot. Did you like of, it? I love Straight to Compton. Yeah. I felt, it felt like Straight to Compton was like an Aaron Sorkin... Like Straight of Compton written film. For the most part, this felt like if you took two of the writers from Straight of Compton and then they wrote a Tupac biopic movie. It was so lame. I'm with you. I'm
2: with you.
1: But some of the casting choices were really good. Like the guy who played Suge Knight, he looked more like him and he sounded more like him.
2: I like the Straight of Compton Suge Knight more, honestly.
1: Because he was better.
2: Yeah. Dude, did you see also off sidebar? He got arrested like three months ago for like, um, domestic yeah. abuse or so I, yeah so
1: funny he's a baby driver too by the way he was in that yeah movie. i know i know no but the thing that's crazy about though i want to say about the aaron sorkin claim i just brought up because that movie mixes fiction and reality so perfectly and you don't so care. well and you don't care because it's so the dialogue is great because and the it's a good movie right the direction is phenomenal yeah i love that movie <laughs> <laughs> because I was te- I was telling Brandon this. Remember the scene where uh, you see Snoop Dogg for the first time and-, and Shug Knight's like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. And-
2: yep. And, and it and- means something. It means yeah, something.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then Warren G says to him, oh, sorry, Shug, this is the homie Snoop. Like they didn't do that in real life.
2: What the fuck? <laughs> it was it was just so funny. It was funny, but I don't really... I just don't understand what they were trying to fucking do. I don't get it. Like, I understand... Okay, no. Here's my thing. The reason that this makes me so mad... I understand what they were trying to do. There's several different ways you can go about making a biopic, but the two most famous are making a biopic about a certain section or a chapter in a person's life, or making a biopic that skims over every aspect of a person's life. This movie chose the latter approach... And that approach was so sloppy, so lazy, that all we were... I didn't know how the fuck this dude made it famous. He didn't really do shit other than move to California and catch a break from what I saw in this movie. He didn't do anything. All he did... What? Yeah, I agree. I agree. The way it's presented, yeah. It's The way it's... I know that this dude worked. I know that he worked. It's Tupac Shakur. There's a reason that my white-ass mother, my 58-year-old white-ass mother, knows who Tupac Shakur is. But this movie did not do a good job of illustrating it because I walked away from this movie with less of an impression about Tupac than I did, you know, walking out of Straight to Compton with an impression of any of the five. Or walking out of Notorious with an impression of even fucking Tupac in that movie. I walked away with more of an impression Anthony Mackie playing him than I did well, of Demetrius' ship. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but Demetrius' ship, I think, if they swapped oh. him in that movie, it would have been even better, Notorious.
2: What did you think about that whole thing with the uh, fucking... Biggie, this movie, he Tupac. Sucked. Okay, sucked, this
1: movie because he was really underwritten, and he was he was great in the first in the One, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree. D- I just
0: want to say about the you were talking about the biopic thing. Like, it seemed like it seems like a Tupac story. It would be like perfect for the let's take one part of time
2: and do a movie about that. As yeah, as opposed no, to Tupac would be perfect for that. You know what? You can make a three-part movie series about Tupac's life, even. You know, or when you lived like, in make
1: st- uh, an Aaron Sorkin-written Tupac movie that comes out, and it's in three acts, Next, it's, uh, two years from now.
2: Or, you know, a movie about Tupac not directed by the fucking retard who directed the Same hose music video by Rick Ross. at
1: yeah. and Next Day Air, starring Donald
2: on a death. You know <laughs> what? You know what? Same hose is literally just Rick Ross talking about fucking c- the same celebrity as another celebrity and well, a bunch of bitches around him.
1: Next Day Air is about Donald Faison just going around. He's a shitty stoner uh, uh, med-ex no, employee. Man. And he ships a fucking cocaine package off. And it's the wrong person. And it's Wood Harris for paid in full. And then most F is in it. Yeah.
2: Well, this movie, pretty great. I'd give it a solid 10 out of 10.
1: I'd give it a 4 out of 10, 2
2: out of 5. Um, I will say that the things I liked about the movie like the three times that they showed the making of like or, or just like clips or rea- reenactments of the music videos, you know what I mean? No, or
1: or the the movies that like he did
2: Juice. Yeah, that was cool. I loved that. Yeah, I loved the all scene, the reenactments like, they did were super awesome. They were great. That's, and that's I loved I loved how yeah, and do you do you agree with me how like when that cut from like Tupac doing that scene and then the director being like, "Yo, no, let's do that again." And then it cuts immediately, it transitions from that to him being in the theater and seeing the audience reaction. That is such, that was so awesome. I was like, okay. I was like, maybe this won't be bad. Five minutes later, it's like Jada Pinkett Smith fucking being like, you know, Tupac, I love you, but like, who just can't fuck? Uh,
1: Remember this mm -hmm. scene in the trailer near the end where his mom meets his girlfriend? Like, the, the wardrobe he was wearing, was that from Bullet, that movie he did with Mickey Rourke?
2: I thought about that. The and costumes
1: at this movie—I might nominate it for best costumes. The costumes
2: were really good in this. Do you <laughs> like that scene that where they were in the trailer and she was like, "You finally making them eat vegetables?" And she was like, "Yeah, your boy, I'm getting them off the Hennessy and hot wing diet." Oh, she was
1: terrible in this movie. The mother, she was doing a Viola Davis impression. The Dude, inspectors. I kept when she was crying
2: and the snot was running down her nose well, like sixteen times. Was she gone, literally
0: I'm, doing a Viola Davis? No, no
2: Brandon. Yes. I, Brandon, I yes. promised you, I was—I had typed out like this girl is trying so hard to be Viola Davis. <laughs> but, That's what she looked was, like. In the trailer, dude, she was sobbing, and like, Dustin, were you like, Oh my god, stop with the fucking snot running down her nose? It was no, but some of not only
1: that, but the line delivers, how she would end lines would be really weird. She would bulge her eyes out, it
2: was really strange. Super like exotic Negro, it's like, We're not gonna take this anymore, (laughs) yeah. The Black Panther thing? She's like, I got this child in my belly. All right, bitch, what else? Yeah,
1: right? <laughs> that, the, the lines in this movie are so quick. Oh, dude, what about the the end where, like, Tupac and Suge Knight are in the car and he just starts playing, like, that jazz music? I,
2: I, I tried to Snapchat it because I thought it was going to be funny, but it just really pissed no, me off. It, it was funny in a
1: bad way because, remember, Suge Knight said, like, no, man, we don't. I don't fuck with that. This is death yeah. row.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> and then Sugar Knight's like, bro, you ain't dead. You ain't dead. You remember how he just drives over the curb at the end after Tupac gets shot? And then the co- he's like, happening. he's like, yo, this nigga just got shot to the white no, ass the police. Thing, the the thing, bike cop.
1: All right. I'll give credit to this movie. All right. I think the how they reenacted events that I've heard Tupac re- uh, like talk about in documentaries before and in, uh, interviews or whatever, etc. cetera. I think they reenacted everything terrifically, but the way it was directed wasn't good and they could have uh, executed it better but the, the what they were telling is true technically but it's not that interesting it's like on a BET level i don't want to sound like a broken record but it really does feel like a BET made for tv film like
2: it's Well like, it feels even less than BET because like i think about the things that are made by BET like freedom riders and shit and it's like that's good at least like fucking we think about this shit we think about goddamn this no- movie it's like the a scene, lower version of a Lifetime film.
1: The scene with Suge Knight, and he's just shoving in the fucking food. The food of the down that, guy, that dude's throat? That was so he, laughable. You like to steal from me, so why don't you eat more steak,
2: you little bitch?
1: Can I ask you something about the guy who played Snoop Dogg in this movie? He sounded... Oh, exactly like
2: Snoop Dogg. Exactly like Snoop what, Dogg.
1: What the, no, 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 no. He did, I don't think that was him. It really sounded like it was just Snoop Dogg's voice just dubbed in the movie.
2: Well, I just kept thinking, like, Keith Stanfield looks exactly like Snoop Dogg.
1: Not exactly like, but he looks more like him than the guy they got in here. But it's just like, how did the voice, like the voice was insane. Like, oh yeah, I,
2: I forgot you were Snoop Dogg's son. Um, no, I think that...
1: That was Snoop Dogg's son?
2: No, it was a, it was a prank. Um, I think what? that he was really, vocally, he was good. The, the dude who played Nas, what about him? Wait, what? The dude who played Nas in the movie? Nas was in the movie? Are you shitting when me? When was he, he in the movie? Jesus Christ. Some of the, because some of the people in this
1: movie didn't look like anybody that like they were trying to portray, and I just didn't recognize people. Laz was really in the... I know they mentioned him, but they didn't fucking...
2: Yeah, the, the rival, his rivalry with uh, all of them was a big thing. You really don't remember when that bald-ass motherfucker showed up.
1: Oh, that was supposed to be Nas? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that was bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, shit.
2: So bad you didn't even know.
1: Yeah, right. Because it's just the people they got were so like, what? I don't. You're not that person. Just, can you? Unless they screaming? say, oh, hi, that person. But I don't remember them saying Nas at all. Sorry. It's
2: okay. I'm not mad.
1: I'm, I did not see it though. I really did. Holy shit, that's weird. No, but the girl I got to play Jada Pinkett, like she she looked like her and talked like her, but the scenes they had in the dialogue was shit.
2: hmm
1: And that storyline was weird.
2: Really bad. Really not a good movie. Not are you shot guys? are you guys either.
0: throwing this a not good?
2: It's it's like, a not good, but I'm gonna have to give it a solid half star out of five for being morally reprehensible in every
0: frame. Yeah, wait, so one more thing though about that. Just a little more into that aspect of it. About them yeah. like Again, I, I had a problem with this a little bit in straight out of Compton when they were trying to make Dr. Dre, dr dre seemed Ray like he was here, super go. level-headed and like cool like remember in that movie when he like walks in and they're like dog fighting and shit and he's like hey mm-hmm. man hey man that,
2: yeah that's not cool there's, like, there's yeah. almost like a replica dude do- okay also the dude who plays dr dre in this is like really shitty um, right. I yeah. Said, uh, yeah, yeah yeah uh but the uh, um who played shock g was good he's fine he sounded
1: just like him
2: he did sound a lot like the, the sounds and and for all of the actors in this who, who had to play famous people. It's cool, but it's Except still
1: Dre and Nas.
2: <sighs> the worst, literally the worst. There's nothing good about a lot of
1: this movie. No, but Suge Knight, he sounded like him and he looked like him, but he didn't have like the energy like that. our Mar- Marcos Taylor had in straight out of Compton.
2: Is that the name of the
1: dude who, uh... I think so. I think that's his name. Or Marcos
2: Taylor. Do you remember when the real Shug night ran over somebody, like two people, on the set of Street of Compton?
1: Yeah, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. That was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't
0: there, Christian? I thought you were, like, all up in these big Uh, studios. Yeah, I I, I thought you were
1: the king of L.A. I've been past the Christian shit for a while now, so it was just like, can I just be Dustin there again? No, dude. What? What are you talking about? We're gonna cut
2: that out, too.
1: Who's Dustin. You called me Dustin like a million times, by the way, in this Adam. If you didn't know, so you broke it first.
2: Um, it's Christian Dustin Harlow.
1: No, it's not. Shut up. It's not. No, you can't just change the backstory of the person. Okay, can we just? He's talk not a, a
2: real person. He's a schmo. Uh, all right, <laughs> all eyes on me. I give it a half star out of five because it's morally reprehensible. It shouldn't have been made. It's one of the. It's probably the worst hip hop biopic I've ever seen. Um,
1: yeah, well, what other ones, well, the, honestly, the other ones that people were mentioning were 8 Mile.
2: That's not a biopic at all, though. No,
1: it's kind of, bi. Like, no, it's I, it's.
2: I know it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a spiritual biopic. You
1: can count it. Yeah, you could definitely count it. And then the other one people were mentioning that I forgot was, oh, fuck, what was it? It's really good. Um,
2: straight
1: Out? No, not Straight Out of comp Oh, Get Rich or Die Trying is really What's, underrated. what, what is that? The 50 Cent one.
2: What? There's a 50 Cent biopic?
1: Yeah, that that came out in 2000. Yeah, it was directed by Jim Sheridan.
2: Are you it, seri- Wait, are you serious? Yeah, and Terrence Howard's in it. Wait, Brandon, do you know who this is? Or what this is? Yeah, I remember that coming out. Who, who plays him? 50 Cent. Who plays 50 Cent? 50 Cent. Wait. Are you you're serious? Yeah, it's a it's a. You for, anyone probably... li- for anyone
1: listening to
0: th- for anyone well, listening I to this, I they're could... like,
2: yeah, it is a real movie.
1: Oh my god, you would probably love that. Actually, just the the tone of it is great, and just that, 50, Fifty Cent's really good in that movie. And, and that is actually, he really? Is he really? Yeah, and that I can't say about his other movies because yeah, a prank, not bro. That,
2: yeah, it's not <laughs> okay. That was really, my biggest question.
1: He's really good in that. <laughs> is this in, a prank? In- yeah. yeah. And Get Richard Die Trying, he's really good. And people can back me up on this. Like it has like cult following. It's really good. I, it's movie movie. No, no, I'm, I'm really entertaining And Terrence Howard is the fucking best in that movie. I love who that. Who does he play? His fucking best friend in that movie, who's the best. He meets I'm, him in jail. Yeah, he plays War Machine. And and most of that movie <laughs> most of that movie is like fictionalized kind of too. So it's like it's it's good and it's really well directed. So yeah, that was a big surprise. I own it too. It's really good.
2: All right, man. I just added it to my watch list.
1: Yeah, yeah, Richard, you would love that. I think. Bill, Bill Duke. Uh, Viola
2: Davis. Viola Davis.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. She plays his mom. Obviously. Oh, no way. Yeah, and and that's um, awesome. No, but that that's another thing because my Viola Davis plays his mom. But the thing that's so weird is oh no, he play she plays the 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 grandmother. But the girl, the girl that uh that plays his mom doesn't look a thing like 50 cents real mom because 50 cents real mom no offense looked terrible so uh,
2: <laughs>
1: like ugly oh I'm not trying to, I don't yeah, want, him, yeah, I, don't <laughs> want to, like, I don't want get, to get
0: Richard by trying was like sh- mercilessly shit on yeah,
2: yeah I know got, I, I looked at the, I just looked at the reviews it got bad reviews
1: like really yeah. bad yeah but a, a lot of people like that movie too and it's well, really...
2: I, I trust both of you, even though you both thought the fucking Boss Baby was, like, really good. It was. I if, saw it this week. If it you was...
0: don't think the Boss Baby is the best movie of 2017, you're a goddamn fool. Well,
2: I don't... That's, like, somehow the nicest thing you've ever called me.
0: <laughs> goddamn fool-ass fucking bitch. Aside from the time you
2: asked me to stop screaming. I didn't... I, what? I didn't say that. <clears throat> and... Um... All eyes on me. Not a good movie. The final movie of the evening. I think we got to talk about a certain. I think all of us had a bit of a rough night this week. Good one. That's a good one. That was a good transition. I'm I'm, I'm the best of us at uh, making puns. Up. Mm,
0: all right. I'll give it to you. I might challenge you on that later, but we'll, I'll give it to you. We'll for
2: see. Night. We'll see. Um, Film fatigue does LA. Film fatigue does LA is
0: coming soon. That's true, guys. One month from now, not only is Shovel Night coming for real. Wait, is exactly a month from now? <gasps> it is exactly a month from now. It is literally one month exactly from today. Film fatigue that's goes a, that's, away.
2: That, that's pretty cool.
0: And also, I, in a month dude, Dustin, and I, I really, yeah,
2: Christian, I really wish you were going.
0: <laughs> a month and five days. That, a month uh, and five days. It's Shovel Night, Bergs. Write it down on your calendar. There will be a, a special episode of Film Fatigue where we celebrate Shovel Night.
2: Yep, so and it will be with our own Kevin Kook Man, Kevin the Kevin the Kook Gook Man, and Duster. Should, should we? I think we should ask him to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, bring him on for Shovel Night. Yeah, yeah, for real. Let's do it. He'd do
2: it. He'd oh. do it. Dude, do you listen to our podcast, bro? I know you like my cover photo. If yeah, you guys are on Facebook, I made, though. you
0: okay. fucking racist piece of shit. Who, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, but you're going to be on the podcast still. So, yeah, so, so. for upcoming notices, one month, it's going to be, we're going to be together. We're going to record in the same place. And Shovel Knight comes,
2: so mark it down. Mark All it. 37 of our fans. Shovel Knight, July 22nd, 2017. We are going to be killing Frank Ocean with a shovel.
0: <laughs> Yerg, I'll give you an to
2: that. Y- yep.
0: And Kevin Cookman will be dead, also by that day. But he's also going to be on the podcast before. It, at the end, depending on how well he does on it, we'll either forgive him or we will hit him in the head with a shovel and he'll
2: die. That's yes, probably going to be a, what's going to happen.
0: That's the that's the anticipation that everyone has right now. It's like, what's going to happen when Kevin comes on?
2: Is is he? Yeah, are I they going to mend the fences? hundreds of messages a day asking me if, if he if it's real if this hit we're calling on him is real
0: and not only him you were telling me we're gonna put a hit on his like his family or something like damn um
2: I rough night is directed by <laughs> Ilana glazer um I don't know who it's directed well, by but
1: Luciana el neo and it's also co-written by her and Paul W Dabbs.
2: wait are you serious
1: yeah
0: not about the Ilana glazer thing
2: Okay, well it's not... let's just Fuck, I hate
0: my life. Rough Night I... is directed by Alana <laughs> Glazer and stars Tom Felton as Alana Glazer. Uh, <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson is a politician. She has grown up past her, her friends who they used to all hang out. They had an apartment together where they would like drink and, you know, do drugs and shit and they they like... had a Wait, they had a good shit. time now she's a she's trying to become a, like a senator or something or whatever the fuck she's trying to be and she is in the midst of her campaign, but she's getting married uh, to this guy who is played by Paul W. Downs in this who is Trey from Broad City, which is a show that I just started watching even though I was apprehensive about it and
2: it's fucking great Why were you why were you apprehensive about it if I might because ask- of all the
0: shit they pull all the time they say dumb uh, shit uh, in public and yeah. because they like, they like had hillary
2: clinton on an episode and they like
0: yeah love hillary yeah clinton and i was like, no Jesus. it's
2: a it's a great show though right you agree it's, it's been one of my favorites since like my best it's, friend madison got me into it it's been one of my yeah shows.
0: it's it's hysterical i literally watched like a season and a half of it the first night that i started watching Yep.
2: it's so good it's ridiculously good dude in and, the even the opening is good and so this director what's her what's her name again i don't know dustin go
1: lucia ellen and the yellow and it's co-written by her and paul w down okay. so she's
0: uh she's directed a bunch of the episodes does she write any of them i i don't yes okay yeah so she's very much involved with that show and paul w downs trey great character on that show um so she's scarlett johansson is getting married to this guy so her old friends coming together uh they still like kind of keep in touch they're not completely isolated from each other um not all of them anyway they come together for this this bachelorette party weekend in Miami. And uh, if you've seen the trailer, you know what happens. There ends up being a stripper involved. The stripper ends up dying. And it, it, it plays out from there. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's, it's some crazy it's some crazy stuff going on in here. Jillian, Pretty crazy. Jillian Bell. Uh, Jillian, Bell plays a, fat, stuff. Jillian Bell plays a... Jillian Bell plays a stupid fat fucking white girl like she does every goddamn thing Mm-hmm. but also mainly just an asshole um who else is in this we got alana glazers in here who's basically playing her character from broad city except not as interesting or funny um, how about zoe my girl kravitz Zoe kravitz uh who at one point was fucking alana glazer's cha- alana glazer's
2: character wait yeah you're right okay There's, there's a, so yeah, this is, I mean, this is basically just, Demi Moore, Demi Moore.
0: This is a very thinly veiled, uh, this is a very thinly veiled attempt at giving
2: women, like, their version of the hangover. Yeah, and we're, especially, like, every year, and this is something I've been talking about a lot lately, every year we get two films that are exactly the same. In 2013 or 14, I forget, I don't care, it was White House Down, and, uh. Can somebody help me with this other one? Olympus has fallen. Olympus is fallen, yeah. Um, the year before that, it was Snow White and the Huntsman and Mirror Mirror. 2015, I don't know. 2016, I don't know. But this year, it's Rough <laughs> Night and Girls' Night.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Girls' Night doesn't have the... Girls' Night, it will... It, now I'm mixing shit up. Is there a Girls' Night and a Girls' Trip? Girls trip. I'm sorry. Girls trip is the black one. Okay. Yeah. So we, be... we got women covered, but they still needed black women.
2: Yeah, you're right. We got women, but we don't have all of them. I guess for whatever reason. You Zoe, have Zoe Kravitz, Kravitz, but she doesn't. Yeah, encounter, she doesn't count or something, which Let's they make
0: this. a joke about in this movie that she doesn't.
2: Yeah, care, that, that was play. that was funny. This, okay. Yeah. So there like things, I said, this is a very, this is a very thinly
0: veiled attempt at giving women their version of the Hangover, but at the same time. Um, It comes with a little bit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is, you know, a defining characteristic of the movie, but it does come with a little bit of a sort of an accent to it where some of the humor is very bizarre and awkward. And it's like intentionally strange in a lot of areas. Um, Most of the time it's, it's just, you know, your, your typical studio comedy. And I think Dustin and I enjoyed a lot more in this than Adam did but. yeah I hated
2: it I hated it I hated it
0: okay so let's let's not
2: understand why you don't understand why no i can, i can't understand why oh okay thank you because like I like when i i watched I went and paid 375 for the boss baby this week and I for the first 10 minutes I was like this is like I can understand why they thought I would like this and then as it went on I was like i I just don't so that's what I give the Boss Baby. Um, I was going to say, what are you fucking talking about? So with Rough Night, um, is, am I the only one who thought that the funniest shit was with the the, the groom and uh, Eric Andre and Bo Burnham and all of them? Yeah, that's, that's the best part of the movie, easily. They, I wanted to see a movie about them. They made me laugh so much, especially that stuff with the cop pulling him over and he did, like, the handstand and, like, the... All that shit, and he was like, "Oh, all you had to do was walk he's, in a straight
0: uh, line." I that backwards. Paul Paul W. Downs is is like the the breakout star of this movie because, like, honestly, he's, yeah, he's I so feel like funny. Eric
2: Andre, I I know it was just like almost a cameo, but Eric Andre was wasted in this. Yeah, I but agree. he had a couple funny lines. He had dude. Him crying at the wedding made me laugh. Him, um yes, he, yeah. He he had a lot of good parts. Bill Burnham had some good parts when he hit on um Julian Bell at the end. No, I hated that. That that joke
0: was awful where he like oh. he tries to talk to her and then she's like "Oh, I'm I'm already with someone else." And then the stripper's yeah. there and she, and he's like, "Oh, hi." She's guy. like, "You want to go fuck with
2: her foot?"
0: Um yeah, the groom so what makes the, I think the groom side of this because usually in this kind of comedy we're obviously most of the time focused on the uh, the bachelorette party group and yeah. what they're dealing with with this, you know, this stripper that they've accidentally killed or te- not even really a stripper eventually.
2: Yeah. Um, well, 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 Let's but not spoil it. Even these, though we, spoil we are it spoiling
0: it, it. Uh, <laughs> you already you literally just spoiled like the the last scene in the movie two seconds ago. Uh, the usually in a, in a comedy like this, the the groom side plot would be completely a throwaway thing and they would maybe cut a couple times they would do the hangover thing like they would cut after they establish him just to have him check on her but what surprised me about this movie is that's what i thought it was going to be at first when they were first cutting to him when he's at his uh his bachelor party where they're doing a wine tasting which was hilarious um when it first cut to that i thought that's what this movie was going to do it was just going to cut to him maybe one or two times, but no, they, they don't waste him in this movie. They don't waste that plot or make it nothing. They turn it into an entire, it's like the B story of of this, of this movie. It it literally is the B story. Yeah. It's, it's just like a TV show. Like, honestly, um, they, they follow him as he, Bo Burnham suggests to him that, you know, after some shit goes down at the bachelorette party and, and this guy is dead, Scarlett Johansson tries to call him but then they break her phone because they don't want her to tell anyone so he's freaking out about whether or not she still wants to marry him and as opposed to just having him freak out and then cut back to them and ignore that plot line like they follow through with him driving down to Miami with all of these added things that he's doing in order to accomplish that and do it quickly they they turn it into an entire story and it's it's easily the funniest
2: part of the movie like they're they it's the funniest part and whenever they're they they were not in it i missed them yeah. i missed them more than i was what i was watching goddamn like i hated what i was fucking subjected to i feel like i was assaulted so what did you hate so much about it i didn't think it was fucking funny at all i thought a lot of the shit that they did was shit that i thought would have been funny four years ago or i thought it was shit that that you know like Oh, women can be crude, too. Jillian Bell's character in this fucking movie is the is like Melissa McCarthy if she was ten times worse than Bridesmaids.
1: No, oh, she's like the new Rebel Wilson.
2: She's worse than Rebel Wilson. I would fuck Rebel hey,
1: Wilson. Yeah,
2: she's absolutely. <laughs> <really> <laughs> I would not fuck this sweaty hog of a bitch. No, man. that
1: scene where she's like, uh, where Kate McKinnon finally says something. Nasty. Oh,
2: Kate McKinnon in this movie, she made me laugh a yeah. lot.
1: Right? She's the best part of this in some of Office Christmas Party. But anyway...
2: She was so funny in Office Christmas Party. Wait, right? Yeah, she was the best. I, I will say she was the best part of that movie. Yeah. All right, anyway... Adam. And Jillian, Jillian, that's another comedy where Jillian Bell was one of the worst parts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway... The scene where Kate McKinnon, like, finally says something nasty to her after being nice to her. uh, Nothing but nice to her the whole night. Jillian Bell turns to her and says, are you kidding me? I'm a goddamn sweetheart. I I gasp in the theater and went, really?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like, you really don't think she loves herself.
0: I think that in terms of the, like, women, oh, women can be crude thing. I thought that was way more a part of it uh, in the first like the entire ah, like establishing ah. of their of their friendship was so reliant on that. I thought I was gonna really not like this movie. The first scene where they're at the the club together and they do the the, the dance with that song where it's like, Lick my pussy and my crack oh, and I was like, Jesus God. Christ, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Um that was completely awful. Like I couldn't believe that they thought that was funny to put in the movie. Um and what's funny is like compared to a show like Broad City, which has a lot of, like, that kind of, um, crass, just crude type humor, they're able to do it in a way that is not cringy and just pointlessly gross. This movie, yeah. when it tried to do it, it was like, what the fuck? Like, this isn't, that f- you didn't, you didn't even try to make this funny.
2: Um, no, they were, la- it was such a lazy movie, and I understand, like, you guys liked it but i think it's just such a lazy bottom tier comedy
0: so i think the beginning of it them establishing their their friendship group that was i think where they were doing the most of that kind of humor as soon as as soon as the guy died which of course jillian bell kills him by fucking in his face and his head cracks on a fucking that was funny i did laugh
1: when i saw his head crack no, it was funny because they used the Divinos I touch myself really well.
2: Yeah, they did a really well.
0: And uh, as soon as that happened, I think they they toned that back as the the crassness became toned back, and it was more so about you know just the the hijinks like of the situation that they're in. And it's it's the type of concept, it's the type of situation that you've seen a lot before, but I, I think. They really do at that point start to get mileage out of the different people in this movie. Like I think at that point, like Alana Glazer has some funnier moments. Kate McKinnon is hysterical in this movie. Like she – talk about someone who just completely – in terms of movies um, at least – who I just have completely shifted my opinion about. Because when I saw her in Ghostbusters last year, I was like,
2: are you serious? I loved her her in Ghostbusters. That's still still my favorite performance. I didn't think she... No. No? (laughs) Uh, But I
0: didn't think she was the worst (laughs) part of that (laughs) movie.
2: That is a good fucking movie.
0: No, we're not doing this two weeks in a row about Ghostbusters. She was so... She was so... You know... She was doing her type of comedy, the thing that she's recognized for now, but it wasn't – it just wasn't placed well with the other people in the movie. I think this – the way they use her in this movie is so effective. All of her little weird comments and facial expressions and mannerisms are so perfect for this dynamic, and I like the fact that she was just constantly – she was constantly out of her element, being like an Australian, and she she didn't like understand what was going on. And I thought that was funny. I thought they had some good bits with that part of her character. Yeah,
2: yeah. My my Australian immigrant mother would really love her character.
0: Dude, you're always just dropping these things about your family, and I'm like, I never know if they're true. Wait, did you really not
2: know that my mom is Australian?
0: Uh, no. Actually, you did you did mention that to me because I asked you okay. if you went to Australia recently.
2: Um, yeah, well, not, okay, anyway.
0: Yeah, so I liked her in this movie quite a bit. I, I love the scene. I loved her when she, like, flies off the jet ski and she, like, should have That vibed. was, oh, my God, I laughed so hard. Her, <laughs> the way she, she was behaving, like, her, everything from how she was talking just to the way she was moving her body. And then, like, when it cut to her where she's, like, flopping along the beach, she was, like, everything yeah. she did in this oh, movie. Oh, I
2: laughed so hard when she flopped.
0: And then, and then maybe my favorite moment was when she's becoming overwhelmed with the situation. So she's like, I'm going to go outside and do some mindful meditation. And then yeah, she yeah. comes back and she's like, hey, guys, I had this crazy dream that we murdered someone. <laughs> and they tell her it happened. like, her face and her response to it, she's really, with she's, Office it's, Christmas it's, it's, it's Party. She's
2: comedian, yeah.
0: Yeah, with Office Christmas Party and then this, she's really, I think, coming into her own as, like, a the perfect side character for these kinds of comedies because yeah, she really
2: is. And it's, it's really inspiring to see her coming up so quickly. She was, yeah, she's, and, uh, what was the other? I'll sip some wine. I will have some wine for that.
0: Cool. Cheers.
2: Cheers. My cheers, governor. Cheers, Mike. Um, like Kate McKinnon in this movie is, one of the funniest things of the goddamn year, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, like with Office Christmas Party, she was also the highlight of that movie. She's she's just really... Easily, becoming...
2: easily the highlight of that goddamn movie. Yeah,
0: as and far as
1: the other people go... TJ
2: Miller, Miller, too. I know you didn't mind that one as much either, uh, Brandon, but I still hate it. And I think that she was the best part of that fucking movie.
0: Office Christmas Party? I feel, I yeah, feel yeah. almost identical about this and Office Christmas Party. Really? Like, almost to the T.
2: Like, I feel like... Well, the you office gave... Office Christmas didn't Party you give was better. What? Didn't you, uh... You, you gave that, like, a pretty high rating,
1: right? Office yeah. Christmas Party. Office Christmas Party, I, yeah, I, that was better than this. I gave it a 3 out of 5.
2: No, I don't think it was better than this. At all. I think this was shitty, but this was, like, a star better than Office Christmas Party.
0: I think, uh... So, as far as the other people, um... They they have some side characters in this. Uh, they have you
2: have Ty Burrell and. Uh, oh yeah, he was funny. And was it Demi Moore or who was it? Demi Moore, right? Yeah, I think it looked like Demi Moore.
0: Um, you have them two who are like these. They're yeah. they're the next door neighbors, and they're like they're like swingers, yeah. kind of. They're, they're like nymphomaniacs, yeah. And I I thought he I thought that the idea of it I thought was not funny. But I thought like Ty Burrell and like his mannerisms were so creepy that it was, yeah. And his scar, his awkward scar. Yeah, I and I, and I thought the actual scene. This movie did a few things that I didn't necessarily expect it to do. Like I liked how Zoe Kravitz actually fucked them in this movie. I didn't know that it was an
2: R rating going into it at oh, all. This is like, like, like R- very R, R- rated. Like... Yeah, I know that now, obviously, but I didn't know that going in
0: yeah when they actually fucked her and then on top of that that she was like excited about it afterwards that she had a great time i thought that was funny that yeah that they didn't just play it off as like it was terrible even though she was pissed at them when they <laughs> they realized yeah. that there was no security camera and that she just did it for nothing yeah, but she was yeah. still obsessed with the experience i thought that was funny that so the kravitz funny. i thought was was generally pretty good in this movie um it really what is did you think about,
2: what did you think of Ilana? Uh, she was good. Uh, she I thought she was fine. She was good. They, they used her as a typical lesbian stereotype, though. Like a May- little bit. Oh well, I heard the. So maybe not. A little bit.
0: I I would okay. still say, like I said, I still think she's basically her Broad City character in this, but just not as funny. Uh. Yeah. 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 It really is Jillian Bell for me, that because I I really like i loved i loved the husband storyline a lot it had a ton of funny scenes and it just kept being funnier like the, the the scene with the cop was great the scene at the gas station was
2: hilarious yeah that was such a funny scene yeah with buzz from home alone yeah that was who was that who it was yeah the trucker oh my god who was the other guy who's like can yeah I, can he
1: was I... in nebraska too yeah he's been in plenty of other now, things he was forever. in
2: nebraska wasn't he one of the stupid twins yeah, yeah,
1: he's one of the brothers in Nebraska. Who
0: is the yeah. who is the guy who is like, can I can I just please give you a blowjob, please? Who's is the Isn't second that guy? The, oh my god, that the
1: other guy from the Sonic commercials.
0: Yeah, that guy. Yeah,
1: the, is, he
2: in, is he in the Sonic commercials? I think that's yeah. one
1: of the guys. Yeah, he's yeah. That's, yeah,
2: that's what he does. He's <laughs> the
0: skeptical guy in the Sonic commercial that's, that's always like, "What are you doing? Why are you saying that?"
2: Yeah, why are you at Sonic?
0: Um, so I loved the the, the husband storyline. I thought. There were, there were a lot of funny moments outside of it. It's Jillian Bell was so like obnoxiously bad in this movie. Everything she said
2: was kryptonite.
0: <laughs> yep. There were two things that were funny. I thought, thank you, her. Dustin. Uh, one of them being when the, the stripper first shows up and he's starting to, to like dance on Scarlett Johansson. And, oh, yeah. and like they're like, what should we, what should we, what should we do? And then Jillian Bell just screams, fucker. Yeah.
2: I laughed at and like some of the stupid stuff That's with her, funny. like and the foot fetish thing, kind of made me laugh.
0: Well, you know what? You know what made the the fuck her line funny also, which I just realized. Jillian Bell, like when they when it was first said, wasn't even like on screen. Yeah, it was yeah. like from the background. She was like fuck her, and then it like cut back, and that was funny. Like the editing of the joke was really good. So it's not even completely on you, Jillian Bell. You still suck. Now now we're down to one.
2: Uh, yep.
0: <laughs> what was the other and line? She
2: she is such a. It makes me even more upset. She is such a nice person in real life. It is it is really upsetting that she's such a horrible actress.
0: The other one was when I liked when. The thing about her saying she was a goddamn sweetheart was annoying, but I liked before that where she was pissed at, where she was pissed at Kate McKinnon for like no reason, and she was gonna, yeah. She was trying to, uh, she was to, try to. She was about to try to. She was about to try to, try to impersonate her, and then she's just like, I can't do whatever fucking accent
2: it is you do. Yeah. That was oh, so good. I loved the whole like Kiwi thing because it's like, as as somebody who has a mom who's Australian, that is something that like people call Australians. And It just doesn't work. It's insensitive. Because it's it is insensitive. <laughs> that's the thing. They don't want to be. Like she said in... she said that's like calling a Japanese person Chinese. It's exact. That's exactly what it fucking is. They don't
0: want to be associated with those Lord of the Rings ass motherfuckers. <laughs> it's called
2: <really laughs> exactly. Sensitive.
0: What Dustin?
1: It's culturally insensitive. The bagginator. See, editor. but
0: yeah, that, I thought that was kind of funny, but it was Kate McKinnon that made that joke funny. Um, and
1: Yeah, the it's, only, it's a, I love how Eric Andre's in that movie and she took an Eric Andre quote.
2: Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so I did that, notice that. I, I, know I there that. Are two,
0: those were the two moments of Jillian Bell. The rest of it, Every, yeah every joke she tried to make was pretty awful and they, this movie also tries to make you like her as a character oh, yeah. which is... when
1: she starts like saying she's jealous of Paul Downs I was like fuck you. Like, fuck you. It was
0: a completely failed attempt to try to make us sympathize with her. And I never cared. It was her fault that this guy died. They, they yes, shouldn't...
1: It, it, the thing that made it worse, though, Brandon, sorry, but it really bothered me is that they make us, tr- like, say, like, oh, don't feel bad for the girl. It's fine. It's fine. They're they, they, they going to get away with it because they killed a, a, a bank robber and the two fucking misfits. So it's fine. They're, they're off with it. Yeah. That, yeah and that was ridiculous this murder this is a good murder uh, that's a direct quote from the PD. that's another good kate mckinnon line
0: yeah no the, the actual resolution of the plot they couldn't like it just would have been cool if they would have found a way to resolve the plot that involved them killing an innocent person i think right? that just makes it funnier like if it turns out that this guy you killed was a bad guy all along then it's like okay well it's, okay. it's
1: funny to me that he was just roaming around that that neighborhood and then stumbled upon that house and just they were like, oh, yeah, the strippers here. And he just got right into it. He's like, all right, fine. I'll be a stripper tonight. And then he got fucking killed. like that's yeah, funny to me almost immediately. Yeah, this movie kind of deserved like like a little Pulp Fiction, like little backstory with him of him coming to the house and then like him like just like being like, alright, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Showing showing where he hid the diamonds. It would have been a good scene. Yeah, we never see the diamonds in this movie, ever. Dumb. Um sure. Uh, we, haven't don't we
2: haven't even mentioned
0: we haven't even mentioned we haven't even mentioned Scarlett Johansson because she was the epitome of like I said she, this, I she, she got a little better in this movie as it went on, especially because, you know, she is a capable actress in general, so when she has to like freak yeah. out, it works. Out of
2: everybody in this movie, she is by far the most capable.
0: But in terms of comedy, it's like most of these the women that they have in this movie, it's like you watch them doing this type of stuff and it's it's so comfortable for them. Like they're yeah, so easily so, able to do it.
1: Zoe Kravitz even is is comfortable in this yeah, movie. Yeah, Zoe
0: Kravitz. But Scarlett Johansson, especially at the beginning, you're watching her trying to function in this like r-rated studio comedy world and it's very awkward like she just doesn't have it's did you ever notice those scenes where the like all of the girls are in a like one shot together and they're yes. all reacting in a certain way and you see scarlett johansson there and her face and the way she's acting in that scene it's like you really you don't seem like you should be in this movie like it was a weird casting to put you in this i'm trying to think of someone else who would have worked it's
1: kind of the selling point though because she's the big name
0: yeah, but I think there are there other women you could have put in that
1: role. Yeah, Kristen Wiig? Fuck you.
0: No, not Kristen Wiig. I think you could have put, like, Anna
1: Kendrick in it. Ew, that would have been worse. Why would it have been worse? Because Anna Kendrick would have been trying to riff the whole time. That's true.
0: And then she Ugh. would have been like, let me bring in Jimmy Fallon and lip sync. And, and then like, there no.
1: would have, you know there would have been, like, a karaoke scene of that's, them just... Yeah, that's what and, I was just... Ugh.
0: Who else? Someone else. Someone else besides Scarlett no, no, Johansson. She doesn't... No,
1: you, fucking failed with the Anna Kendrick I
0: still think she would've been better she's she can do this type of movie better I think than a Scarlett Johansson can
1: I thought Scarlett Johansson was fine with the material given it's what just about what
0: about what about the other what about the other K K Stew, Kate McKinnon oh, Stew.
2: Kristen, Kristen Stewart would've been an interesting choice there you go that.
0: see I didn't fail suck me I could've
2: seen that I actually could've seen that see word. I'm fucking good leave me All out alright because Kristen no, no not really
0: She's yeah. actually not bad in comedies at all. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> okay. Not it's Scarlett Johansson, and it's not that she was awful in this movie. It's it's just at the oh. beginning, especially. It, Sometimes it with her, it's like she did some
1: weird facial ticks too. Yeah. It was weird.
0: Well, she was again it, to me. It's just a sign of her not being comfortable. Like she really didn't seem like she should be in this zone.
1: And because the movie's not getting really good reviews, it's not going to do well at the box office at all.
0: No, this is not. There's going to be no Rough Night 2. Rough Night Part 2, directed by Todd Phillips. You can kind
1: of tell that this movie's trying to be like like, a new kind of hangover franchise kind of movie.
0: Oh, they they totally were aiming for a sequel. It wouldn't have been about them murdering someone, but it would have been like, you know, they would have come up with some other (laughs) shit to do. It would have been something involving her as a politician, like some scandal. They would have turned that into...
2: Yeah, a like some of the campaign type thing.
0: Yeah. Ew.
1: Ew. That movie's even worse than this. That I, movie
2: I, makes me want to kill myself. Yeah. this
1: is mean, actually really bad, all right? I, I am
2: uh, absurdly drunk, and I fucking hate Rough Night even more than I did Sober. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. It could have been a lot better.
0: I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 also. It's a... I'm going to give
2: it a... Oh, Sorry.
0: It's a it's a fun movie. There are good elements of it. There's a there's like the best side storyline I've seen in a comedy in a while. Like it, to where it completely yeah. outshines the main portion of the movie.
2: With um,
0: you, good, some good like performances, it. some funny performances in here, uh, but some other shit that takes it down. The story is ridiculous. Um, I was just gonna say Rebel Wilson, Jillian Bell is awful <laughs> in this movie. Completely awful shouldn't have been here she's unlikable completely she in terms of the story really fucks it up also it's it's not good from that perspective but i'm not giving this movie a not good it's a six out of ten it's fun uh i think if you were to like watch this at some point later like i wouldn't recommend anyone go see this movie in a theater or anything but i think if you were just gonna watch it like stream it at some point you'd probably be entertained by some of it if not all of
2: it Um, even if i didn't like it i i still wouldn't i don't regret seeing it for free there you go, guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> so what do you give this? I give this a 2 out of 5. Okay. I think it's bad. I think it's bad. I think it's just below the threshold for being a decent comedy. Um, I I thought Baywatch was better than this, honestly. No! Yeah. Not um, even remotely. I laughed more in Baywatch than I did in this, and I'm not making that up. What did up. you laugh at in Baywatch? Um... I'll be honest, I did laugh a little bit at the, at the whole, like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, you people thing? And then it's like... No, the stuff that uh, was in the trailer was funny. I didn't watch the trailers. Well, there you go. Um, like, what else? I, la- I laughed at the whole, like, oh, I got my dick caught between, like... a bo- no! Like this- no! Oh, my
0: God, that's literally the worst scene of the year.
2: I laughed at, um... One of them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One of the worst. Not the worst. Um... Okay, I laughed okay, at it But laugh. it is the worst movie of the year. When they played Panda, I just smiled because I no. was like, I do have some broads in Atlanta. Um, do you? Uh, when they played Vince Staples, I was like, yeah, Big Fish Theory, July, June They 23. butchered
0: all of the music cues in that movie. They had so many good songs and they didn't know how to use them for
2: shit. Sure. No, like really, like it was like Zach Efron climbing a fucking tower. Vince Staples time, bitch. <laughs> It's like let's go. Alright, not a good movie. Um, I give Rough Night a two out of five. You give you both give Rough Night a six out of ten. I think that we're about done with the movies for the night. I yeah,
0: we I, I, I guess so. I guess we're done with the movies. We're only an hour it's in. Last three... time last time we had like just started on like our second movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, well this is good because tonight I'm fucking tired.
0: And you just drank a bunch of wine because you're a fucking alcoholic, so. You
2: can't say that. It's not alcoholic fatigue. It's film <laughs> fatigue. I'm clutching a you clearly, coconut. You clearly don't food. have alcohol fatigue, I gotta say. I I am clutching a coconut filled with fucking wine right now.
0: A so. coconut? That's pretty fucking
2: I, cool. I'll send you a picture, dude. I stole this. It's cool as shit. All right. We don't promote Uh-oh.
1: stealing
0: at Film uh, Fatigue. Uh,
2: cut that out. Uh, Hold up!
1: Hold up! 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 Uh oh, you're in trouble. What are you doing? Yeah, I have a the Rustler trailer song.
2: Oh my fucking god! Yeah, I have a coconut full of wine. It's really cool. I bought it from um, it was actually at CVS, which is kind of cool. I'm about to drink it all. You know Um, I'm not gonna. You know I'm not gonna edit that.
0: You're just gonna say you're just covering up your tracks and there's nothing so we
2: are on. going to jump into the albums dude of this quit month. trying
0: to take control bro uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, my
2: man my man my man
0: yes go ahead go ahead you talk about this
2: well the first official album release by sizza under top dog entertainment and we ain't talking about no mixtape shit we talking about control
0: Yeah, we are. That's what
2: we're talking about. Spelled C-T-R-L by S-Z-A SZA. Inspiration from the RZA of the Wu-Tang Clan. And this however many track album by SZA. I think it's 14. 14, 13 track album by SZA released from Top Dog Entertainment. is the best (laughs) goddamn thing. Top Dog Entertainment. Who the fuck did that? Who the fuck did that? I heard that fucking noise. Who made that? Dustin. Fuck you, Dustin. All right. Control. The best thing. The best album Top Dog has released since 2016's Blank Face LP by Schoolboy Q. What an underwhelming choice you just picked there. The best goddamn thing that Top Dog Entertainment has made... Since 2015, Kendrick Lamar is t- to Butter. There you go. A- that is how we do it. That's how we do it here. This, this is, is a- how we do it. <laughs> you took nine to five on the weekend. All right. So. <laughs> that was good. So.
0: That Sizzle's- actually works. The syllables work in that little
2: thing. Right? Dude, it works so well. Says his first album is absolutely rollicking it will take you through a trip of niggas lost and niggas present niggas past and niggas <laughs> it'll take you through a nigga journey bunch of dicks you'll be riding just like sissa was i'm sure on the wave
0: for real dude she SZA... okay this album just confirms
2: it's... how many dicks sissa's been riding over the years this is a fucking slut it doesn't matter i love sissa i love you sissa you look like every fucking light skinned girl I've ever fucking dated, though. You're, we and you talk you, just like we every, love you, but you're also a fucking slut. And all. we love you, but you you sound like every girl I've dated too. She uh, not
0: that this. I mean, this album is literally like from the beginning in in supermodel, the first song in the album. From the first song in the album, she has the line, "I've been secretly banging your homeboy while you're in Vegas." Like, damn, mm-hmm. she's. She's she's fucking people behind your back. That's not cool. She's doing a lot of petty shit all throughout this album, uh, all throughout it,
2: and she justifies it.
0: She here's okay. Here's what I feel I about think, this.
2: okay. Okay, hold on. Disclaimer: I think this is a fantastic album, but I do think this doesn't deserve to just go unnoticed.
0: What I, that think, she's, I think that I think she's think being a little bit of a bitch.
2: The double standard, yeah.
0: Well, here's my opinion on that double standard thing. So. Like, when I initially heard this, um, and I was super excited for this album. Like, unbelievably excited because Drew Barrymore is still my favorite single of the year, easily. Okay.
2: Fair um, enough. That's a great song. Great single. I've
0: played it a million times. <laughs> Love Galore is great. Um, Broken Clocks I thought was really good. Um, That's my favorite
2: off the album still, next so to The weekend.
0: Nothing but good stuff coming ahead of this album. Um, I was super excited. and You I thought it was going
2: to be, what was it, Matt? I thought it was going to be album of the year
0: and it's not at all. Um, but let me just say something. So I heard the, I also heard the little snippet from the song 20 something and I thought it was going to just be the most beautiful ballad ever made in the history of time. Um, super excited for this coming into my first listen, just from that first track. As soon as I heard her say that it caught me off guard. I'm like, Whoa, what that's not cool. And then, on, <laughs> and then on doves in the wind where she literally starts the song real niggers. She says, uh, yeah. do not They're deserve nice. pussy. She says niggers. And I was like, Whoa, hard R, is a, and then later in the album, you know, we have drew Barrymore, which doesn't really get into her doing a lot of petty shit. It's just, but there's a lot of jealousy in that. Um, the weekend, which is literally, you know, has been called now the side chick Anthem. Um,
2: yeah and by charlemagne the
0: god the god um there's a lot of shit on this album that was making me i won't say annoyed or irritated, but I was just kind of in awe that she was just so blatantly putting this out there uh the the more that I thought about it though it's like in in hip hop and, and I feel like this album is in a lot of ways almost the the female response to sexism in like hip hop culture. I don't think that's where the emotion and the lyrical content is coming from, but in terms of how this functions as an overall album, like as an overall piece to look at, I think you can directly contrast this to like every rapper who's always like, you know, telling me you're fucking my bitch and your Gucci flip flops you're, uh, you know, whatever the fuck you're talking about. It's always I fucked your bitch. And it's it's they're always fucking our bitches every single album, all the time, every song. It's like one point or another. They're fucking our bitches all the time. Um, I feel like, th- and of course, hip hop. There's there's so much blatant, so much blatant misogyny, just like laced and sexism
2: in every way.
0: In ev- just laced in the in the genre to its deepest point um so you know what makes it a bad thing if if we're gonna make it an equal playing field why yeah can't, if we're
2: gonna reverse the fucking plane what is the problem what why is the can't problem?
0: SZA come on here and say shit like that so as soon as I really started to think about it like that and I was noticing I watched a lot of people's um reactions to this album and I noticed they were all having that reaction like especially especially um I don't want to say this. <laughs> say it. Say it. Say no, it. No. Uh, but everyone was having the reaction whenever she was, you know, making these statements. They would, like, pause and they'd be like, what? What did you just say? And then, I, And then now when I think about that, it almost makes me cringe that I even had that
2: response because
0: no – I've listened to so much more obnoxious shit than what Sizza's is doing
2: here, she's so is really, much more misogynistic shit.
0: So much more misogynist, and what what is doing here is she she has those elements in the songs, but I don't think they're they're not there to be like when she's saying, "I just banged your homeboy while you were in Vegas." She's not putting that on here to be like, yeah, that's it. I'm the shit. I'm SZA. I fucked your, I fucked your bitch in my Gucci flip flops. That's not how she's doing it. She's on here with some like serious uh, pain and attention. emotional torment. Yeah, emotional, emotional torment, attention issues. Uh, you know, I. I she's
2: been neglected she's been rejected and she's been shot at
0: she's been tossed to the side okay yeah she is she's she's not doing the side chick anthem because she's being a bitch about it and she's like yeah that's right i'm gonna take I you might be a cool girl but i'm gonna fuck your dude on the weekend that's not what it's about yeah, hey yep, yep she's been pushed to the side so she's that's where she's coming from um so there i think and that's gonna happen with almost 100% of men that listen to this. I guarantee they're going to hear this shit. It's going to make them pause. Here's what I'd say. Not usually this guy. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) flip flip your perspective, flip it around, hear it from the other perspective and just feel it that way. Um, In terms of the the, the quality of music that Sizz is delivering here, Supermodel, that opening song, again, super raw lyrically uh, and also super raw instrumentally. Uh, One of the things that when I was first listening to this, that was very disappointing. Was I like I loved Drew Barrymore, and hearing Supermodel as the first track got me so excited because I was I loved Drew Barrymore and I loved that snippet of Twenty Something and I wanted some acoustic SZA because I think when she's over some skeletal instrumentals and she's just you know singing her soul out, she she does it so well. She has so much power in in her delivery. So that was initially disappointing that there wasn't more of something like supermodel. Um, you come after supermodel, you go into, to love galore, which was the second single released from this. Um, this is another, uh, gener- generally the first half to two thirds of this movie. S- SZA is movie of this album. SZA is in that, uh, that space uh. of being the girl who's been tossed to the side and they 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 bring in they bring in Travis
2: Scott to kind and, of yeah, and then halfway through the album album she takes she changes form as as, as that bitch who takes your man. Mm-hmm. You agree? Yes.
0: And uh Sorry. No, no, no. You're you're good. You could Uh. So we go from that. We go from Love Galore. You go into Doves in the Wind featuring Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Pussy can be so facetious The heavyweight champ Mm -hmm. I thought this song was so fucking funny When I first heard it I did not take it seriously It it
2: didn't sound like you liked it When you first heard it
0: I was laughing out loud When I was listening to it the first time Because there's This I mean it's gotta be the record For most uses of pussy In a a single song One of them And What's interesting about it though Because I think initially at at surface value when you hear it um and she's saying pussy every half a second uh it comes across as like a little obnoxious and then kendrick lamar comes in and then even kendrick lamar gets on this rapper shit i was talking about where she's like if she meet a young nigga like me it's over for you and i'm like all right
2: yep yep, there's there's some more fucking your bitch shit that, that line made me feel so insecure
0: yeah i was like that's
2: true (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I don't like black people because they can steal my woman even though I am, I am black darker people can win
0: oh man that's true uh so yeah that's all i thought was
2: it, that's a crazy nigger
0: thought it was cheesy at first but the more i listened to it it is very artful how she took the idea of, of pussy and this and word me. and turned it into almost it's almost like a poem devoted to this this Sort of abstract idea. Almost like something Tupac could have written. Yeah, before he got fucking shot in the head.
2: Multiple. No, he didn't get shot in the head, but he got shot at a lot of places. Because That's he's even a fucking coon.
0: So, yeah, you love that song, right? Now, Doves in the Wind? Doves in the Wind is a great song. Yeah, I, I just love the. It is almost identical to the Yaw instrumental
2: from Damn. Yeah. No, I, I I played the two side by side to be honest.
0: They're literally it's the same like tempo, the same drum. It's the same I, shit. I, I I almost think that what happened was TDE had just the beat, you know, not the the extra instrumental work that went over it, and they gave it to Kendrick and SZA when they were working on their
2: own. <laughs> They were like, Alright, Top Dog, all three. They probably gave it to Schoolboy too.
0: Yeah, and Isaiah Rashad, they probably gave it to him. It sounds like and, it could have been on
2: Skywalker or whatever his name is. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> that, he, he's the worst.
0: Dude, that is by far the worst guy in TD. He his his album was trash as fuck. Oh my
2: god, it made me want to slip my fucking wrists.
0: So yeah, Doves in the Wind was it's a super nice song, and there's a great beat breakdown later. Um where she does some little some little vocal improvisations and uh it's really nice. It's just a really great song um that one has grown on me the most out of all of them uh drew barrymore comes right after that so the first the the first four track stretch on this i think is fucking wonderful um a perfect tone setter for the album uh prom comes after that which is a song it almost has kind of like a beach house sounding instrumental when it starts um, yeah I like the melody of the song. I like how she sings on it. I, I do wish that it, because a lot of the songs in this album, they kind of blossom into something bigger as they go along. This song is very um, stagnant. Stagnant as shit. Yeah. It, it's the same shit. Um, I, I still don't love the song, to be honest. I think it's it's one of the less interesting songs. Um, but you, you go to The weekend after that, which, oh my God. I liked the song when I first heard it, but now I'm with you. Like, whew. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> this song is fucking great. Like I, yeah. I'm going to listen to this song a million times over the summer.
2: I, I've noticed throughout the week, you've become more obsessed with it. It's a great song, right? It is so good. It's my favorite off the album. When she
0: comes in with that, with the hook. Yeah. And it, keep them satisfied through the weekend. And then right after she says it, when she says you're like nine to five on the weekend,
2: it's so yep. good. Oh my god, it is so fucking electrifying. It's it
0: and and this is one of the times where I would actually compare this one to uh Broken Clocks in the sense that I think both Broken Clocks and this are songs that have a a pretty recognizable I don't want to say derivative, but it's a familiar R and B sounding beat. Whereas I think Broken Clocks is still I think is a is a is a good song. But with the weekend I think she she takes that and recognizes it as kind of this classic R&B sounding song. And she just takes that opportunity to, to put her biggest like Anthem Word. or this album on here. Um After that, this is where it falls down a lot for me. Um Gojina is an okay song. It's kind of catchy. Like her Gojina Go Gina is super catchy. Go it's Gina, super catchy.
2: But Go Gina, Merlina. Go Gina,
0: Garden, say it like that. Uh, Broken Clocks, I think, is good. But And then that, that stretch... Um, again, Broken Clocks, I think, is good. But for some reason, I don't know what it is. I can't... I can't knock it because I think from pretty much every critical perspective I could tackle it on, I think it's a very good song. But for some mm-hmm. reason... It's just not clicking with me that much, and I think it might be because it comes after those, those other two songs, which are a big drop off for me. Anything is an, is a song that I think is very weird. Um, ha, has a really cool build at the end of it, where they have you know she has kind of like her whistling and and the drums come in.
2: And the, the whistling wh- I love the whistling I thought was a really really touch touching aspect that they added to it.
0: Yeah, I love that part of the song, I, I and it was building, but what annoys the shit out of me about it is it builds, and it's this beautiful build, and then the song ends. Like, it should have had yeah, another two it, minutes. It,
2: it really does end. It crumbles immediately.
0: And not only that, you have anything. That's like a barely two-minute song, and then right after that, you have an interlude. Like, how is that? How is anything not an interlude? Like, if anything, wavy, the interlude is more of a song than anything is...
2: Wavy is honestly one of the best things I've heard all fucking year. James, I've really loved uh, James Fauntleroy's part on that a lot. It's it's fantastic when he comes in, but like just the... Just the progression of the goddamn song is yeah. so, it's so funky, it's so electrifying, it's so fresh. Um, Dustin, did you listen to this? He's not here. To
1: what, to what album?
2: He's the, He
0: didn't uh (laughs) then then after wavy uh there's a normal girl which is a is a it's a good little ballad again i'm not super into the song i i got more out of this like the first time i listened to it than i did ever afterwards um pretty little birds has is really good until and this pains me to say, because I love Isaiah Rashad. I get Isaiah Rashad the fuck out of this song. I don't need him here, especially because, (laughs) especially because it's the second to last song in the album. Like, dude, come on. Maybe if you showed up with your weak ass mumbly verse earlier in the album, it'd be okay. But for it to be the penultimate thing, especially on a song that's as good as pretty little birds beforehand, his verse is so fucking whatever. It's just, uh, 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 and it's just like, the worst of whatever he it's, was doing on it, his last it, album. It's,
2: it's it's abrasive and it's very intrusive. And... That's a good word. Intrusive. It's very... I don't intrusive. like it. It makes me not feel safe.
0: It's... Well, because also, because, you know, I think James Fauntleroy fit really well. But, like, before that, after Doves in the Wind, it's a stretch of only SZA and James is only there in the interlude. Then you have Normal Girl, which is a very straightforward ballad, pop song for a then after that you have pretty little birds and then isaiah rashad just shows up right before the end of the album and it's like why? for no reason for no reason contributes nothing lyrically at all to the song uh, other than
2: the fact that you can that like i get it says you like to work, use people who also are in tde but stop yeah it's unnecessary <laughs> I,
0: very and uh 20 something i still think is 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 a great song. I think it's the perfect ending to this. It's Um, a fantastic outro. Totally. Uh, And it it really does wrap up the album thematically um, from a lot of different perspectives. Uh, But again, this is... I would just love to hear an album by SZA. Give me a a 10-track album with just skeletal drums, some guitars and your vocals and lyrics. Give me an album like that. I think it could be incredible. Um this album though still grew on me a significant amount even though there are things Yeah, because about you
2: it. you had a big like like it was the first week of you dating some new girl or something and you were like, "Yo, dude, this pussy bomb." And then you're like, "You know what? This bitch is fucking whack." And then like 6 days later you were like, "You know what? I fuck with this." It's like you really went on some sort of roller coaster of like I like this, I don't like it. I do, I don't. And well, now it seems like you do.
0: This I like it a lot. I I never th- first of all, even when this album really wasn't clicking for me, I never thought it wasn't good. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was always going to
2: I know you didn't think it was good, but you know what I mean?
0: It was always going to get a positive score for me. Like it feels weird because No, it's, okay. There was a clear.
2: Period. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was yawning a lot. There was a that clear period like of a, like,
0: that sounded like sounded like you were fucking mocking me. It was like you're like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, there was a clear period of like a day where you were like, yeah, I don't like control, and I was like, um, take a sip of my alcohol here.
0: Okay. What do
2: you mean you don't like control?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, supermodel, great, love galore, great, in the wind, great, Drew Barrymore, great. Prom, eh, the weekend, great. Go Gina. Great. Blah. Garden, say it like that. Blah. Broken clocks, it's good, but blah. anything eh, wavy, very good. Normal mommy, girl, mommy. Blah. pretty little birds, great, and then blah. and then twenty something is great. So that's my emotional response to it. So it's really, I think it's a little too long. Like the midsection of it, I just think goes on longer than it needs to um i think like if i was gonna make you a 10 a track version of this album here's what it would be okay you go from supermodel you obviously have to have that love galore obviously have to have that you keep all the four, first four tracks in place after drew barrymore kick it right to the weekend because no as- i like
2: prom prom is great
0: I enjoy the melody. I like her singing, but I don't think it adds really anything thematically, lyrically. I anything. bet, I bet you would
2: fucking skip Gojina too and Garden.
0: Oh hell yeah, I would skip those those fucking tra- songs. Okay, I would go from, the weekend. But you know, after the weekend, I don't think you can go right into Broken Clocks because those two those two songs are too similar, okay. to just come right after each other.
2: Okay.
0: You, I would, I would take like. Uh, the interlude or anything and I would put it in between The weekend and Broken Clocks then you go to the Wavy Interlude give me Pretty Little Birds cut Isaiah Rashad the fuck out and tell him to leave (laughs) then give me 20 something there you go that's that's a that's a pitchfork best new music right there for me
2: tell him to stay stuck in the mud
0: stuck in the mud host damn it's stuck in the mud Looking like the Reaper got you stuck in the mud. Range? Bro, I love that song. (laughs) Stuck in the Mud is one of the best songs off of Sun's Tirade. Tiddy and dollar is the best song. I'm just one dirty motherfucker. Hurt myself more than you. Wow,
2: dude, you sound black.
0: That's because I am black. We've established this on Film Fatigue. I knew it! I'm a fucking black. Get over it, people. Um... Yeah, so how do you like if you were gonna sum this album up overall for people and how you feel about it? What would you What would you do? How would you How would you do
2: that? So miles better, miles above, ahead, miles ahead, ahead.
0: like the movie. Yeah. Uh, Then Z's, then Z,
2: uh, this last mixtape. Um, Did you? Did How did you feel about that? I I don't like it. I like a couple of tracks. I don't like it. I like the Chance the Rapper song. Chance the Rapper song is great. Such a good fucking song, dude! Oh my god, that um, was like
0: my soundtrack to uh, like winter time of twenty fourteen.
2: Oh my god, yeah. Um, honestly, might be one of my favorite songs, but I think that it is. Uh, it's a, it's a. I, you know what? I will, I will say it's a. I think it's a fantastic debut album. Um, I think that about eight of the songs are are fucking dynamite. I could see him or her. Jesus, I'm sexist. Oh my god. <laughs> hey uh, man,
0: that that speaks to her right now. She's she's got all the She's,
2: she's got, got the testosterone. Okay. This is my thing. It's like she she has made the most headway. She's got the most collaborations. She's got the most uh I don't know what's the word. Um approval. She's got the approval of all these people like Kendrick and, and Chance and
0: It's really funny hearing her talk about those guys. It's very funny. Oh. She says they're just like old. She calls them like old guys. They just come in like, come into the studio. Especially like,
2: dude, could you imagine her and Kendrick? They're like brother and sister. Could you imagine them hanging out?
0: Yeah, I I will say this definitely, like, this, like Queen SZA, when people say King Kendrick and she would be the queen, I think that's validated after this
2: absolutely Ooh. ten hundred and five percent five. Ten hundred and fucking five oh, we're damn. jumping up seven oh, goddamn God. numbers
1: oh good just a week ago
0: crew. you know ten hundred and five is less than three thousand and five you're a wigger <laughs> you fucked up dude you fucked up
2: this isn't a math podcast. It's a music.
0: <laughs> this isn't podcast. math fatigue. Apparently, it is math fatigue because you don't want to. This do is it.
2: fucking math fatigue, you fag. <laughs> it's also and fag fatigue. It. That is that is it for the albums.
0: You don't want to talk more about it. You don't want to talk more about that.
2: Well, I think there is more to be said. I think you're right.
0: We we got I just want to say one uh, one more thing about the Sizzy Sizzy. Little Sizzy up in here being petty. A little scissor. Um. I oh, really, I I really be- do <laughs> urge. Were there like were there any spe- are there any specific lines in it still that make you go, come on? Uh. Other than the whole like. No, I'm not a fan of. I'm still not a fan of. In love galore, <laughs> even though I think the way she sings it, it sounds good. I'm not a fan of her whole Skirt Skirt on niggas.
2: Yeah, I I don't don't love
0: these niggas. Skirt
2: on any song is not that great.
0: Especially well, okay, like it can be on a song, but when you're doing it on an album that's like as big and high caliber as this, it's like
2: it's like, why, hmm. babe, babe, please stop, babe, why are you doing this? Like, this is,
0: like, you're making a higher class album than an album that has Skirt Skirt on it.
2: Skirt Skirt on
0: niggers in it, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, SZA. that, like, that I think that's the main come on, SZA that I still have with this. I um, think that's why. So. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think there are just a few songs that <laughs> were a little more
2: fleshed out or bigger, um, but. My fucking nose. Good for you, man. SZA is the best artist in TDA next to Schoolboy Q.
0: Okay. Uh, you're just going to not have Kendrick Lamar? He's the third. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. I'm cranking you, bro. I'm cranking you. It's I don't a think. Prank. you see, your Jones is a fucking better rapper than Kendrick Lamar. <laughs>
0: maddie b is the god bro
2: let's Dude, talk uh, about
0: can we review maddie b's new song video game
2: we can but only if we talk about how, how schoolboy q saw uh all eyes on me this morning
0: what did he think about it
2: i don't know what he thought about it but he um on his instagram story he uploaded a, just a black screen with the words uh i hate it when niggas when niggas sit next to me in a theater with a stank-ass hot dog with relish on it period <laughs> period 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 with ketchup oh man
0: i can't agree with him more though
2: i love okay. him he's woke as hell was so
0: stupid. i can't stand sitting in a movie theater and then smelling like food food next to me it's like yeah. unless i'm at like a theater food. that serves nice food like a restaurant theater
2: that's the only yeah. time i want it I don't want people – I don't want to smell like Carl's Jr. or McDonald's. When I'm yeah, that's this.
0: the thing because it's like when you're in the, the like restaurant theaters, if you're like an Alamo Draft House or you're like a Cinnabar, like those places are dope because they're serving quality
2: food. So it's not like you're yeah, smelling – Yeah, but if you're watching Silence at like 9 o'clock at night and some asshole has fucking like a, a fucking third-pounder from Carl's Jr. eating next to you. <laughs> like 7. I think, it, I
0: think it actually might be even funnier if uh, you're in like one of the nice theaters watching Silence and like – You're watching people, you're watching like the the water crucifixion scene, and someone has like a steak. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Somebody (laughs) has like chicken tenders and fries. They're like cutting the fucking chicken tenders.
0: It's just really good. There's there's like, they're watching the water crucifixion, and then you just hear them go, mmm. Mmm.
2: Mmm. Tender.
0: Speaking of chicken tenders and movie theaters, I give Scissor's album somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight. It's if it would if it was changed, it would be easily over an eight. If if Isaiah Rashad would fuck off, even though I love you, uh, just fuck off off of this album. It's really annoying. I can't like listen through it because of you. Um,
2: I'm so, I'm with you. I think Isaiah. I don't think Isaiah's verse is even bad. I just think it's so unnecessary.
0: It's unnecessary and out of place and wrong. And he should kill uh-huh. himself
2: he um, should you really should. I don't want to see a son's second tirade. I want to see him kill himself.
1: Isn't it funny that Trina Compton was only nominated for one
2: Oscar and it was for writing and Adapted it was, screenplay, yeah.
1: And it was no, it was for original screenplay and it was for all white people that wrote it.
2: That was pretty funny. I think it was really funny that um Selma got nominated for nothing because it was made by a negress.
0: Oh, nice word. Uh, Adam, they, what would you give Sizz's album? One, the SZA's SZA's audio-
2: album, i give an 8.3 8. out of 10.
0: Okay. I thought you were going to go higher.
2: Uh, I don't... You know, the more I've listened to it, the more I like breezy thug- thugger girls. But, you know. You want to talk about that? No, we'll wait until next week.
0: Okay.
2: I, I have... think that's fair, because I want to give it at least a week's time. Like you said, I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, I have I, I wanna talk about Brockhampton.
2: Um Oh, okay. Um the only tracks I could contribute on are Heat and Gold, because the rest I only listened to once.
0: Okay. Um so Brockhampton, these are some you've uh, got some South Central Los Angeles dudes. Uh they're all fucking weird. They're they're like they're they're like this new version of like the odd future crew now. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, I don't know if you knew that like Brockhampton, it's not like they're going to be a group that are just going to be releasing albums. Like all these guys are separate artists and this is like their OF tape basically. Okay. Um, which I didn't even realize when I was first listening to their music, but now it makes so much more sense. The kind of album this do you is. you like odd future? Hmm. I like odd future? like odd future. Yeah. You do? I do like odd future. Yeah.
2: Okay, keep going.
0: Um, but Brockhampton, though? So this album is really fucking nuts. The first time I listened to it, I really didn't know anything about them other than, you know, Kevin Abstract being the kind of centerpiece or at least the guy who's coming in with, with the voice for these hooks, sort of like the Frank Ocean-type character. Yeah. Um. So I didn't know that going into this. Mm-hmm. So this album was a very bizarre... Experience because it goes so many places. I said this is. I wanted to almost compare it to like fucking teenage emotions because there, there there's so many weird uh areas that this album goes to. We have all types of genres on here, like from raw hard hip hop songs where people are saying "I'll break your neck so you can watch your back," which is the hardest fucking thing I've heard in years.
2: Yeah, um, all right. And
0: a first song that starts with the line. I got pipe dreams of crack rocks and stripper poles. Like Jesus Christ. Um, uh, if you're, if you, uh, what's the line, if she's sucking on the barrel, you can't hear her scream. They go from that. We got yeah. some like, yeah. we got some like punk rock on here. We got some like emo. Like we got some just pop. It, th- th- there's stuff all over the map on this project um like i said kevin kevin abstract comes in to sing most of the hooks i'm not sure if it's all of them but it's damn close um so lots of sonic directions this goes um it's it's pretty much everything that you could want as like a sample platter for whatever these guys are going to do going forward I don't know if I'm with everyone at least right now on this being like an incredible album, because like this album is getting raves across the board, like nine out of tens and above. Um I I do really like it quite a bit. And there are several really substantial highlights. Um, it's I like just,
2: Tupac a lot. I like Tupac a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, so you have Tupac that comes like after heat gold and star um heat like i said for me it's between star heat is
2: really good thank you for reminding me of that because star is fantastic
0: yeah for me it's between heat and star as like the as far as the first part of the album for the one that just hits me the hardest star is so fun and, <laughs> and it's hilarious too i really love i don't even know who it is the guy who comes in with uh, a. <laughs> the guy who comes in with i'm the black tom hanks you can call me nigga yeah. Banks. <laughs> and then he says <laughs> S- secret agent Cody Banks. <laughs> like the, the the references in this song, uh That's Anthony funny. Anthony Hopkins, I'm meeting him Raw. Like, there's so many fucking good re- the first line. Um
1: I might
0: go I'm gonna go Inastella. I feel like Matthew McConaughey. Like there's yeah. so many funny ass references. Yeah, the Jonah Hill Something one.
2: Fantastic references.
0: Michael Zara on a Friday, Jonah Hill on a Friday. Hilarious. Uh, Tupac is the first one after heat gold star and boys that starts going in a weird direction. Um, You have the skits on here with Roberto. Who's kind of the guy who was introducing all their music videos. Um, Fake is the first song where it's like, it goes straight up into some weird poppy stuff, but it's still generally a hip hop track trip. um, Is in contention to be my favorite on the album uh swim another really good one bump is hilarious it's like this just banger almost sounds like an xxx tentacion type beat and then it just cuts to some fucking like emo some like emo rock where the guy's like um what does he fucking say that's gonna drive me nuts now um oh god i'm just gonna play it on here could be Okay, okay. I'm just gonna play this. Hopefully, it doesn't clip too much. But I just want people to hear if they don't know the transition in this song. Got
2: it.
0: Got it. Got like, got it. pretty good, bro. What? That's that's so nuts. Um, uh, Cash is another really good one. Milk is. is a very emotional, almost borderline cheesy, uh
2: kind of Ilk you know, is about like three centimeters too close to being fucking cheesy as shit. Well, especially the the hook where he's like, Yeah, I gotta yeah. get
0: better at being me. I gotta get better at everything. But you know what? The difference is though it's like what you were saying with like Lil Yachty. Um it's so It's just so nice and it feels genuine to me. It's not like these guys. And especially the reason why I think that song works better, especially the more I listen to it with all of the we, the weird, um, sonic detours all over this is that there is a strong element of that emo punk sound going throughout this album. So when you get to a song like milk, which has that, that hook, it's, it sounds like one of those songs but it's just in a rap song. Um, so I think that works more and more. The song Face, I think, is is pretty good. Waste, which literally could have been like a song on Blonde by Frank Ocean.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought too.
0: There's so much crazy shit. Like it, it goes so many different directions. I think it's a really interesting album. Um, the more I listen to it, the more I find to kind of pick out here and there and, and really kind of have marinate in my head. Um, Kevin Abstract I tried listening to his album All American Boyfriend and I wasn't a huge fan Um, I I thought it was very bizarre it's even weirder than this Um, has some really interesting ideas on it like a lot of almost musical sounding songs like a musical like you're watching a musical Um, crazy amounts of innovation coming from this group I'm really fascinated to see who splinters off um, and and if they do another Brockhampton project, if they do like saturation two or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, they've got a lot going on. They've got a lot of hype behind them. I think this album clearly has lived up to and gone beyond living up to the hype. Definitely check this out. Like you're not going to want to miss what these guys are doing because inevitably they're going to become even bigger. And then you're going to feel like a fucking idiot when everyone's been telling you to listen to this for years. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's mainly what I got to say about it. That this saturation, I have it as a, in my document of albums. I think I have it in as like a 7.9 right now. There are a couple songs like, uh, the hook on fake, The singing on it, I think, is kind of
2: awful. Oh, so electrifying!
0: Really fake? The one where he's like, "I don't think
2: it's." I don't mind fake. I like fake a lot. Do you not like it? Is one of your? I don't like that part.
0: Okay. Um, the when when like the rapping starts, I think it's good. Um, trip is up there. Swim, cash, um, waste, star, heat. There are a lot of bank. There are a lot of Bullet. really good songs um check this out if you haven't and you you should uh it's it's really good and uh if you like it check out kevin abstract too and then see what you think about that because it's a really fucking bizarre album american boyfriend i'm gonna give it more listens because i'm interested in what he was doing there but it's just very fucking
2: strange i might actually listen to it again once we get off the this this podcast good deal I think that sounds pretty good to me. Do we, did we do it? Are we at the What's, end? What? What is your final rating of the Brockhampton album? 7.9. That's pretty high. Yeah. I like that rating, and I will go listen to it again, because I do like it a lot. I can't give it a rating off of one listen, but...
0: And I'm going to review... Uh, We'll both talk about Fleet Foxes <laughs> next week, even though I've... Been basically listening to that for over a month. I haven't really. I listened to it when it leaked. Uh, like we, will, we will. We will talk
2: about. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to Fleet Foxes at least three times. I promise. I will listen. We'll, we will both talk about beautiful thunder girls. Um, yes. Hopefully, pretty girls like trap music.
0: Um, yeah, I'm. I'm interested in that. Like the first few songs I heard good. were damn good.
2: Dude, Rivers Riverdale Drive is one oh, of my yeah. favorites. Um, I didn't like when he was singing on thing.
0: one of that song though.
2: Yeah, I feel you. do um also next week do you know what we have next week we have fucking grateful dj khaled's new record 23 tracks Ooh. um <laughs> yeah i know we also have big fish theory
0: except we, we won't because that'll be the week after but we'll wait, probably big we'll fish, spotlight big Fish shit.
2: Theory comes out on friday what do you mean
0: well that's it comes out but we're not going to be reviewing it until the weekend oh
2: yeah and i'm leaving from virginia on the 24th
0: we'll, well i'm sure given that circumstance we'll at least give our First impressions yeah. and
2: spotlight, and right. plus, the, and the week after that, the thirtieth, we got the new Calvin Harris record, Funkwave Bounces Volume One. Damn, um, we got a lot of shit coming out this summer, dude. We got a lot of shit.
0: Shovel Knight's coming. Those albums are coming. Sho- Shovel Knight. Our, our, are- our review Shovel- of uh, Shovel Knight Bag! Our- Shovel Knight bag. There he is. Our review of Spider Man Homecoming, which is going to be fucking great.
2: That's going to be probably the most. Highly um, visited Spider-Man Homecoming review. We're gonna see it the summer or the year. I agree. Let's make it happen. I'm predicting at least 17 million views, at least.
0: That movie better get. <gasps> that movie better get good reviews, and because it'll just be blatantly bullshit that it's good. Like it's not. It'll be the
2: worst Marvel movie to date. I don't know how people like you lied. That Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was good, but like, trust me. I gave it a a
0: 2.5 out of 5, you fuck.
2: You gave it a fucking 3, you nigger. I literally didn't, but okay.
0: I literally never gave it a 3 out of (laughs) 5. Spider Man Homecoming will be the worst one. It has some competition with Doctor Strange, though. That was fucking god awful. Um, Doctor
2: Strange was fun. No. That is the sixth episode of Film Fatigue, my friends. I'm glad you listened. I'm glad you stuck around for the album reviews, the movie reviews, and no trailer reviews. But you know, we had fun. Oh, we could talk about. It. <laughs> yeah, guys, go watch the Flatliners trailer. Great movie. Flatliners trailer. I watched it once a couple hours ago. It was good. It was funny as fuck. Ha ho, he, ha ho. oh, ha
0: oh, oh, he, he,
2: he, oh, oh. <laughs> And That is exactly why we put Dustin in nearly every fucking episode we have
0: so he can do that yep and also it's fucking christian dustin harlov don't forget so we got for for film fatigue signing off i'm john campia thank you for
2: and my name is travis jacques scott jacques webster is my full ass name you can expect to see Astro Boy out by the end of July. <laughs> you can expect my production with Quavo of Quavo. the Amigos to come out by the end of August. It will be a lit-ass summer for me, Travis motherfucking Scott, my friends. You thought last summer was biggest with birds? No. We can only go higher from here. Wait, are you dropping is is a full album? Yeah, no, Astroworld is coming out this summer, and I promise, my collaboration album with Quavo, at least 15 tracks, is coming out later this summer, too. Two goddamn albums this summer, I promise. Nice, man, I'm I'm looking forward to that.
0: I hope it doesn't suck like your last album did.
2: Well, you know, I think maybe if you listen to Birds a couple more times, like my homie Adam said, you might like it a little more. What do you think of that Adam guy? Um... I don't want to get into it too much. I fucked this girl, but uh,
0: oh I think man, dude, come on! I, you don't pull a scissor.
2: That nigga don't know what's coming. <laughs> that nigga think he got his bitch pregnant, but she gonna be pregnant, and oh, she gonna pop shit. out of black a blacker baby than that nigga. Damn! That nigga gonna have dreads coming out of that womb. Ooh braids and shit that nigga gonna come out being it's gonna like be yo like braids jolly rancho my it's leaves. gonna
0: be braids in the snatch am i right
2: braids in the snatch coming out of the pooch coming out of the pooch like all bloody and hooch Ooh, Good. shit travis coming in hot with them vocals with quave, quave and don't, don't forget i don't want any of y'all motherfuckers who listen to film fatigue to forget I got at least six songs coming out on the DJ Khaled record coming out this goddamn Friday. Six? Five or six, at least I think it's six. He's got a lot. I mean I've got a lot. Uh I've got Dustin six.
0: fucked up again. Okay. Dustin.
2: Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. You didn't do it. How
0: many
1: subscribers do you
2: have? Like six? <laughs> Me? Late.
0: Two thousand and late, bro.
2: I've got over a million. Did you guys watch my music video for Birds in the Trap this week? No, I didn't. Short... It's an... it... Please watch it. <laughs> <laughs> begs you. Like, beg... gets on my hands and knees and begs you to watch it. Oh, man. Okay. But that is it for Film Fatigue Episode 6. We will see you later in the week with another follow-up on Transformers The Last Night. Oh, God. On Wednesday. Oh, God. On Tuesday night.
0: Oh, God. <sighs>